Okay, hi everyone. Uh, welcome to Sync Ratios. Uh, this is uh, Ben Collins speaking. And this is Luke Piotrowski. And, and joining us again. With us as always. Kevin Phillips. Is Garth. Uh, <laughs> Kevin Phillips. Uh, and this is episode 23. This is episode 23 uh, called Tears, also called Ray 3. And we got a lot to talk about. A lot to talk about. So much to talk about. Um... The first thing we're going to do, though, is a, is a, is a new segment, uh, <laughs> hopefully a continuing one, is we actually got uh, a voice message from a listener uh, uh-huh. that had some comments and some uh, corrections that we're happy to... Uh, Listen, uh, we, yeah, we are dumb American, really, really showing, and I feel particularly bad because I took a lot of uh, German in college. That was like I had to take several language classes. And in high school, right? And in high school, I didn't take. I've never taken any German. So I really should know better and have done my my due diligence. But uh, yeah, like there's a lot of German words. <laughs> there were a lot of German mm-hmm. words in the not the previous episode, but the one before the birth of Nerf. Uh, we've been <laughs> saying nerve and and you know nerve. I don't feel as bad about. But uh, anyway, long story short. Um, a, a fan or a listener, I, I won't go so far as to assume that you're a fan, but you listen to the show and you bothered to write in to, uh, to set the, the ship straight. So I think we could I think we'd call you a fan. Yeah, so, so, so what we're going to so, do... Christian uh, wrote in uh, with a, yeah, a voice memo, and we'll, and we'll play it for you when she sort of uh, explains to us how to pronounce all the different German words, and we're going to try and do better on yeah. pronouncing <laughs> them on the show. Yeah. I think I mean I, I I you know let it slide because it's like oh but it's the Japanese saying it so we're like you know we're just this third generation bastardized pronunciation of like the American pronunciation mm-hmm. of a Japanese pronunciation of a German word but you know I think I think we can do better as uh, so so we'll just play the yeah. clip and and we get some nice compliments too so that's nice yeah. but then if uh, at the end um, yeah you'll hear her run through all the different. Uh, all the different words. Okay, yes, here we go. Hi guys, this is Christiane from Germany and I know this name is kind of hard to pronounce for American people because I once had a teacher who was a native American English speaker and he used to call me Christiana. <laughs> so maybe you might want to call me this too, I don't know. I'm one of the German listeners of your podcast and I also wrote you on Twitter, I think, um, that I really like your podcast. Actually, I also recommended your podcast in one of my own podcasts. So I hope this brought you some extra listeners from Germany. Anyway, what I wanted to tell you, besides that I really, really love your podcast, because I love how much you go into detail on things. And as many people, I guess, I we watched the whole show on uh, Netflix and it was, I think, the second we watch of the whole show. I watched it first 19 years ago, so this was kind of... It was quite an experience because I'm a psychologist now. I wasn't when I <laughs> when I first saw it. So there are very many things that I see differently now. And well, and your podcast really helps me to reflect all those different levels that are in there, and especially the psychological tone. And so I am really, really thankful that your podcast exists. And well, what I actually wanted to tell you is that I just listened to episode 21. And as a German, I can live with the way you pronounce those words such as Seele and Nerf. But 
gehören and will. <laughs> this is something that I can live without, at least not without giggling all the time. And I think you can do better. So here's a quick note on how to pronounce these German words. Well, the first one is Seele, which is the German word for soul. And Seele is is kind of close and I heard it so many times on your podcast that I can actually live with it. But if you want to do it better, you can say Seele. And the second one is nerve. And you also said this many times, so I can live with that. But nerve would be the right way. Nerve. And gehirn. <laughs> gehirn is kind of the worst because it sounds just so funny. The right way to pronounce this would be gehirn. So the I in the middle is, is very different. So it's gehirn. And will. Well, well, is okay, but the E at the end is, is pronounced too, so it's Wille. Okay, altogether, Wille. <laughs> so, uh, maybe you want to try this. Maybe you don't. Actually, I don't really care. I listen to your podcast anyway, and uh, keep up the good work, and bye. Okay, so there you go. You know, she's going to listen anyway, guys. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I just want to say that, that it's super cool to hear that, to hear that, you know, that there yes. is an international audience for our silly little show. Oh, and it's very you know, touching. And to hear that, you know, Evangelion fans out there uh, go on to you know, into the fields of psychology. Mm -hmm. uh, that's the kind of fans that this show has. And that's the kind of thing that it inspires in people, which is also great and exciting. And so to hear from people like that, yeah, that's super cool and super humbling and super embarrassing. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. we had, you know, we were, it's been the, it's been the, the, the thread of this show of the pronunciation of mm -hmm. Zila from. <laughs> well, and the other thread of us just not knowing things and being, you know, casual about that. And we're excited to, have people correct us so Gehirn. you know Gehirn. continue to do Zilla. so and in in villa okay i'm just running through the list yeah. and trying Gehirn. to uh get it get it right in in my mind zela 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 god damn it okay but okay but just well, for the shout out though follow christian on twitter uh it's at christian her last Christiana. name is spelled a t t i g so Atig? Atig? <laughs> correct. So, Come write us again and correct us on yeah. the pronunciation of your name if but we yeah, butchered that. Christian Atig. So apologies. Uh, and apologies to everyone internationally. Like, God forbid we have a Japanese person come on the show and explain to us. Yeah. Uh, hey, look, we're not saying Asuka, at least, you know. No, we're not. Um, it has been done. Someone Asuka, somewhere. Asuka, someone has. I feel like I've heard that. Uh, for so what yeah. it for what it's worth, I I knew all these pronunciations. <laughs> Did you? Uh, and you yeah. were just I just it was a ruse, you know. I took mm -hmm. Latin in high school and didn't remember anything there, but I did know that this was like raised bandages. It was all just <laughs> just all a big just lie. A, just a fit. Just a. Just lies in silence. Lies in silence from yeah. over there on the other side of the room yeah. from Kevin Phillips. It would be great if Kevin just like slipped into just like fluent, perfect German. Just to, like, man, like, it's just one, like of, 20 years it's one of my many dreams that I would be able mm -hmm. to just do that uh, seamlessly. Yeah. One of my dreams is to have like full body Yakuza tattoos and not tell anybody <laughs> and then just go to the beach one day and everyone be shocked. I've thought about that before. Mm. <laughs> this has nothing to do with anything. So, yeah. Uh, and we have some. We had another person write in with some questions. Maybe I'll 
bump that to the end and we can try yeah. and weigh in on some of that stuff uh, if we want to talk about the episode now. But I, I just knew we might be trying to uh, throw out some of those phrases throughout the show. Yeah. So I wanted to cover that at the top. We're going we're gonna to try our best, Christian, we promise. So should we get into yes. this episode? This is a dense oh fucking episode. God, episode. Well, I was shocked that neither of you seem to have seen the director's cut versions of I guess I, any of these episodes, but this one particular, I knew this one was coming, and I knew I remembered as we started watching. Like, oh shit! You guys have if you guys haven't I seen the director's sh- cut version, shocked. I swear to God, I must have because this box set. Like I feel like I have memories of these discs going into a player, and possibly with you, Kevin. But I don't remember seeing. Well, the this problem thing. is that they they came out with the the regular discs, and then they direct they came out with the director's cuts before the platinum editions came out before they did all the recoloring and 5.1 sound and stuff like that so they were just three two or three discs that were director's cut versions mm-hmm. of the episode so it was like a special release of just these three and then they the last three issued the whole box with then them? when they did the platinum editions they gave you the director's cuts and the non-director's cuts on separate discs and especially if you bought the the slim case mm-hmm. like like you guys have they have they have them on different discs. So if you're just walk going through, there's this like extra disc that has the director's cuts on it. But maybe you just would have ignored that disc. Mm, passed right by. Yeah, but yeah. I well, you know certainly made you know I was you know when the director's cuts were coming out, I was like super pumped, like oh my god, we're gonna get the extra stuff. And I I would have told you I would have imagined. I, I know. I, yeah, it's it's shocking. But anyways, so if you guys are seeing this for the first time on Netflix, as many of you are, you probably just. This is just what you saw, and you don't know any different. But for longtime fans like Kevin and I, this was uh, how a exciting for you to have New Evangelion after all these years. Yeah, absolutely. And this, yeah, this episode is chock full of, yeah. I mean, not just the new information or the new visuals that we're seeing, because it's not necessarily stuff that changes the plot at all. It's just a, a more expressive mm-hmm. um, the conflict with the angel, like the actual facing off of the angel, is the big stuff. It's interesting that some of the imagery that they do explore in this director's cut is kind of a call forward to uh, things that we see in End of Evangelion. It really lays the groundwork for it. gives you a little taste and a little tease for what you're going to get in uh, End of Evangelion. Yeah. For sure. In a, in a yeah. Yeah, it does. Um, Which is, I guess, I mean, we talked about it before. That's sort of the origin of this, is that the director's cuts, it's stuff that they had done for death and then they put it back in or something. Some of it is. Yeah. And then some of it is just new stuff and probably the desire to... Well, the show is popular enough. It's like, oh, we were running on empty here when we animated these. So there's like little things like the facial performances of Ritsuko and Ray got reanimated. So it's a thing you wouldn't even really necessarily notice, but we're a lot more limited... And then the much more detailed backgrounds in the Which, um, I guess in the graveyard. It is. We talk about it a lot, like the differences, you know, because we we are all you know filmmakers that that obviously thus far have worked primarily in live action, you know, just normal filmmaking. Mm-hmm. It is funny to think about that. That like, oh yeah, it's so easy to go do reshoots, <laughs> as it were, in in animation that you can just go redo it, and it's like, yeah, another thing that I'm jealous of, I guess, when it comes to the difference. Because how great would that be, Kevin, if we could just go. If actors didn't age, That's, locations didn't that change. That is another one George of Lucas my dreams that uh, will never come to fruition. Yeah. It's probably for the best, though. We'd still be re- Absolutely. redoing scenes from Super Dark Times. Uh, Before we get too deep into it, I should say that this was uh, first broadcast on March 6, 96, and that the director is Shoichi Masuo, and the script is Hiroyoshi Yamaguchi and Hideaki Anno, by okay. the way. Which, just to... 
to cover that stuff. Uh, I'm trying to see when the director's cut editions came out when they were released. Um, just thought of just to satisfy my own curiosity, but anyway, yeah. So there's the different animation of manner animation them. Um, there is mostly stuff in the angel battle. It's been so long since I've seen the battle with this angel in the not director's cut form. I can't even remember exactly what happens. It's not as climactic, I think. I mean, I, I do recall uh, Ray sacrificing herself. Yes. Right? Yeah, the image of happens. Ray with like the they veins get, they still coming get connected. up. It still infects her, and we can talk more about it when we get yeah, there. Yeah. But you know, it still infects her, and we have the Ray's inner world. We've got the triptych of uh, Shinji mm-hmm. and Asuka, and now yeah. Ray to get a glimpse into their inner worlds, and the conversation with her angel self. You know, the angel taking her form, mm-hmm. and that, that's all in there, and connecting to Shinji, and the the need for her to. Self-destruct the Ava to save Shinji. That all happens. So it's all the same events. Yeah, but it it, it just kind of continues to look like a little DNA strand that turns into a little worm and just yeah. connects the two of them, and then that's that's it. You don't get any um, the back blowing out. And if you look closely, it's very hard to tell because it pans up very quickly. But what bursts out of the back of Ava Unit Zero when the angels connected to it is an amalgam of all the previous angels. Yeah, I, I was. We'll have to freeze frame on that. You'll see like a diamond shape. You'll see Satchel's body. You'll see the um, the phallic shape shamshell mm-hmm. like popping out the bottom. So it's all like all the previous, all the forerunners or the precursors are like bursting out there. Which I, I mean, we could spend. We'll do it when we get there. But I don't like unpacking exactly what the fuck that means. Is a <laughs> there's a yeah. lot of those. Certainly the, the other end turning into a, a giant ray that caresses the face of Ava Unit 1. And I, I'm fairly certain that, I mean, you, know, you guys probably would have remembered if the, the little faces and the, the screaming ray faces that say it hurts that come out of the bulging veins exactly. of Shinji's pilot seat yeah, that, yeah. was not in there before. No, I don't new. think so. <laughs> so. It's like little, little like... Oh, so good. It's kind of, I mean, it, it just draws to mind his work in Shin Godzilla and the end of Shin Godzilla. Oh, mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, yeah. Nope. He has nope. this fascination with, like, you know... Um, Strange forms of amalgam- amalgamated pieces of things yeah. building larger things. It's and... the closest thing. I mean, like, immediately when it exploded out of uh, Unit OO, that mass, it just, like, it just drew to mind... Uh, it's very Akira-esque, kind yes. of. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Uh, but. The blooming. I definitely miss that quality of anime. I feel like we get a lot less of it now, but there was definitely in the late '80s and early '90s the just an emphasis on, you know, doing things that were a little disgusting, and were a little upsetting to look at. Like using... bi- biologically confusing. It's yeah, just like, like your head sort of hurts sometimes when you look at something. Like Akira is like at the end of that. Like you. It's like it bothers you that you can't understand exactly what's happening. Oh, there is something. a fate of one character. I don't want to spoil Akira if anybody hasn't seen it because you fucking need to see Akira. But oh, yeah. there's the fate of one character in, in the end yes. when all that stuff is happening. That is maybe the most upsetting death of done yeah. cinema. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean... The, 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 that, the number one way I would not want to go. My uh, my memory of watching it the first time when I was 13, I've told this story before, but like my sister walking into the room being like, what are you watching? And then that death happened on screen. Oh, and my older sister Natalie being like, "What the what the fuck is this? Oh my! What the?" And, and then it's the? a cartoon too, you know, because yes, like, that's the other so. thing is I definitely as a kid I remember like I remember watching 
this like Shakespeare animated Shakespeare tales or something on HBO one morning before school and it just had this you know Renfest music playing and it animated footage of like a feast being prepared and just like chopping off a fish's head and like a bunch of blood coming out and it just like really bothered me because mm-hmm. here in the West in America in particular we so associate animation with oh it's for kids so this jolly music playing like blood splattering like animated blood was very upsetting to me for a long time mm-hmm. I think it's why like Watership Down traumatized so many mm. people is they're just so not used to it. So when the first anime was coming over and it was stuff like that that was so nightmarish, the fact that it was animated made it so much worse. I remember the first... T- yeah, I think the first time I saw blood in a cartoon was Secret of Nim. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. That's probably the same for me, too, actually. Yeah. I remember I thought Seen it was badass. really great. Because I, I remember I watched it about... I mean, concurrently to like reading the Red Wall series, mm-hmm. oh. um, which itself was quite violent, too. Um, I never read those. Brian Jocks. Yeah, my my younger my youngest sister Sydney was. Really I tried to get into them. I think because I was getting into or well because I'm a huge Watership Down fan. Uh, a more well. mature novel. Um, loaded yeah. with footnotes, right? If I recall Wait, correctly, uh, Watership Down. Watership Down. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's all. It's like Lord of the Rings, but with rabbits. Right. Yeah. It's incredible. Just a quick callback uh, uh, to Kira, if only because I I'm curious. Do you guys remember what came first? Was the the anime Akira or Tetsuo Iron Man? Do you know? Oh, good question. It is a good question because I, I, I like saw Akira, them both around the same time. I didn't I... see Tetsuo the Iron Man until couple years ago it was one that i was always aware of but because uh, i i saw akira when i was 13 and then i rented tetsuo iron man when i was probably so tetsuo iron man was 89 uh-huh um, so akira was before that yes because i remember when i saw tetsuo iron man i was like 15 or something and i i you know associated the Just name one year though akira was 88 that's interesting so okay that's yeah. another yeah i mean if you again fans of if you like all this weird japanese shit if you haven't seen tetsuo iron man it's a pretty jaw-dropping, bizarre, unique movie that uh, still really is effective in its oddity that, like, you know, I saw it at 15 and it completely blew my mind. Mm-hmm. So much to the point that like, I saw it, I think, before I saw uh, the Darren Aronofsky film Pi and was able to oh, go, like, yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah. oh, he's ripping off Tetsuo Iron yeah, Man. Exactly. I mean, yeah. sorry, not ripping off, but you get it. Like, I've seen like, Tetsuo yeah. 2, Body Hammer. You know, I don't think I've ever, I've I might have tried that. to watch the movie. I, I mean, it's either. such a different style that I, I like, it's more like a, you know, a contemporary looking movie because like mm. Tetsuo Iron Man has this like weird like handmade feel to it. Yes. It's like at the yeah, end yeah. of it's all like stop motion all black and white, and right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like like almost it almost looks like eight millimeter. I don't even. And know. it's just sort of a weird. I mean, like it's hard to pitch or tell sell anybody on Tetsuo Iron Man, but guy that, wh- how would you describe it? It's it's like a cyberpunky kind of, but it's it's like a racer head or something. Yeah, I mean, it feels like a Japanese guy watched Eraser Head and. I don't know what else like just a bunch of weird cyberpunk stuff that has yeah super stop motiony yeah well he's like is it the, he like basically makes like combines mechanical parts with his organic body yeah. or somebody i can't remember if the main character <laughs> he gets does it he gets, fight with that other guy yeah by the end it's almost like a kaiju movie where they're like fighting at the end or something it's like wow. but yeah it's so oh, i need to see that the guy in his apartment and then he like you know starts his body so he's getting taken over by this um, mechanical stuff and turns him into this. Weird yeah, it's just such a b- weird, depressing, isolated industrial thing that you know. That's what makes me think of mm-hmm. Razorhead, or just sort of this weird portrait, this guy living in this unhappily in this place. You know, Man, somebody should program a triple feature of Eraserhead, Tetsu Iron Man, and Pie. That would be a fantastic triple feature. Mm. That's true. I mean, it's interesting that you bring up Lynch because Ben, like you and I were talking after. about this just the other day. I'm currently watching 
the final season of Twin Peaks. Yep. And uh, Ben astutely brought up that uh, probably the closest analog to this show... To Evangelion, yeah. Uh, ...would be Twin Peaks. And I, I, I couldn't agree more, actually. Um, and it's really interesting that Lynch is also fascinated with, um, uh, like, ailments of the mind or of the body manifesting themselves like uh, in weird kind of physical forms mm-hmm. and transformations, which is something that we see. I mean, we see it a lot in like the anime that we were talking about. Mm-hmm. We see it in this mm-hmm. as well, even as something as kind of cerebral and abstract as an angel attacking uh, biologically uh, unit 00 and yeah. unit 01. But I don't know. There, there is a nice kind of, uh, you know, kind of cross-reference there. Um, it's, I think, just in terms of like, for you could get specific, but even just in terms of like, an American show that is aware of genre and how it's using and interacting, like with with ex- expectations based on the medium itself, television, the genres within that medium, and then how it, you know, kind of builds to like a sense where it just sort of blows out anything you could possibly ha- possibly have expected it to do i think it it and in being the groundbreaking thing that i think influenced a ton of people respectively within you know their its own audience and mm-hmm. stuff i think it's yeah. it's the two things have a lot in common and i've always said before that like i'm not entirely sure that either creator is that aware of the other i, I mean I, I would bet that anno's probably seen some david lynch movies but again i don't I don't have any direct evidence of that. Sure. I yeah. mean, I know that David Lynch like was like Twin Peaks was popular over there to the point to where there was those great uh, Agent Cooper coffee commercials that you can find. Like there was Twin Peaks was popular enough that I think it was um, what's the what's the coffee company with the guy with the pipe on it? Do you know, Boss. Yeah, there was a there was a series I believe of Boss coffee commercials that David Lynch directed. That's like Kyle MacLachlan as Agent Cooper, like in Japanese. Oh my god! Yeah, I, they, I have no they, idea. Yeah, they look those up. There's like I think it just looked like Twin Peaks Japanese coffee or something like that. And there's, there's like a lot of UCC coffee in this episode. Yes, that's there true. is. Which I gotta order some more of that. We're out of it this time. Anyway, yeah. So Twin Peaks, Evangelion, two of my favorite things. And especially with that third season, I really tied the two things in together. And I will repeat for the second or third time on this podcast, my dream is to watch one of the shows with the other creator. I don't know what would be better. It's not going to happen. It's never going to happen. But watching all of Evangelion with David Lynch or watching all of Twin Peaks with Hideaki Anno, mm-hmm. look, take, take your pick, universe. Give me this, the, my, my dearest desire to sit in a room with one of those guys and have to, you know consume that and see what so many dreams that we're talking about today you know Mm -hmm. david lynch is like a purveyor of dreams Anno doesn't necessarily deal with dream space as much but inner space he does inner space way more yeah yeah Yeah, which which we're gonna get to so okay so let's we've talked a bunch let's try to get on so we're picking up where we left off in the fallout of the events oscar's a mess um masato's Masato's still reeling from kaji just death or yeah it's like really sad and i i was distracted though and i think it's even worse in the non-director's cut thing because i think it's just like a straight up picture but they like misada has this really lame uh poster of a race car <laughs> like <laughs> prominently hanging above her desk where she's wallowing in uh-huh. sadness and self-pity and and grief uh this is this like something that a you know twelve year old boy would have? Yeah, <laughs> I'm and I, I, place why I, I want to look back at the that. at the non director's cut version, but I think it's just like this like a blue photo of a car they just stuck up on there like a South Park like uh, background or yeah. something <laughs> that they redid. But 
anyway, I noticed that. But I was definitely, you know, I'm such a big fan of the confluence and like structural callbacks and like, uh, you know, like re- refrain running through things. Mm-hmm. And so that we get Misato commenting and even saying out loud the phone that doesn't ring. Yeah. Taking us back to we're here at the last few episodes. And so to have another character kind of who was the bounciest, happiest character being taken to the place of sitting and staring at a phone that doesn't ring. And now she's become Shinji and they're all sort of <laughs> yeah, they're affected all, by when this When we depression. start, they're all isolated. I mean, Misato's like stuck in her room. You know, there's food containers and coffee cans and stuff everywhere. She's listening to the voicemail that um, Kaji left her. She's, yeah, you know, commenting on the phone that doesn't ring. Shinji's in the apartment. You know, he's she's got her door closed. You know, doesn't want to talk to anybody. He's there with Pin Pin, which, you know, that's hey, a plus. Pen, pen. That's, a, that's a one nice pen thing in this here. episode. We get to see Pen Pen again, which I thought we weren't going to. Uh, and then really? he comments on where is it, you know, maybe Asuka's going to come home. And we see that she's over at um, the class Parties. rep's house. Yeah. yeah. And she's just, she's just become a gamer girl. She's just, uh, <laughs> she's just consumed by video games and not thinking about things. And she's sleeping over there. And yeah. Really amazing that, um, you know, amidst all of this like turmoil that these characters are facing that we kind of like hold open on. Um, with Masato, like forlorn, and Shinji outside her door. That there's a quick cut to like this little like uh, note on the door, uh-huh. you know, and you know their ability to kind of weave in comedy. Because what's the line say? It's just like, "Do not enter, or I'll kill you." Yeah. You uh-huh. know, it jumps in on is, that. Wait, is, is that on Masato's door? Or is it Asuka's door? Oh, that's Asuka. I feel oh, like there's two different know. notes though. Oh, I think they each have a note. I think they each have a note. But still, I think, you know, oh, both, both characters... Well, the notes on I... the door reminds me of all the different versions. I'll have to, you know, try and see if we can decipher the Japanese of what it actually says. But I think it says something like Shin-chan's room mm-hmm. on, on his door. And different versions of this have translated that in different ways. You know, Chan being this sort of... Um, Diminutive. Yeah, like you say that with affection and... Uh, um, but I've seen it translated as Lil Shin's room. Yeah, yeah. I remember Lil Shin's room and uh, Shinji's lovely suite was one of the oh, translations. Shinji's lovely suite is like, it I good? I guess Misato put that up there. I would or? think so. Yeah, that's Shinji, her way of like welcoming Shinji them. Put it up there himself. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, he he puts it up. He's like, looking good, Shinji. This is like, you know, clenching his fists. Like, yes, that's my room. Lil Shin's room. Shinji's lovely suite is a pretty good like. Um, so like a like a bossa nova band. Like yeah, yeah, of, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say like the name of like a, five, like a yeah, like a, like that, that an album of like yeah loungy sort of chill out music. Yeah, mm-hmm. Shinji's lovely sweet. I mean, shortly after the Atsuka situation over at Class Rep's house, I mean, we're cutting into this Ritzko scene, and I just wanted to I just wanted to ping a question here. Uh, she's on the phone with her grandmother, and they're talking mm-hmm. about how they haven't visited their uh, her mom her mom's grave in three years. Either of them. Um, and then, you know, the ashtray is filled with cigarettes. <laughs> just um, fell to the brim. Unbelievable. Um, all these characters are just left to their own, like, devices at this point to deal with whatever, whatever stresses they have. Yeah. Um, but uh, Ritsuko says, you know, so I guess uh, she died. Uh, referring to her cat... I'm guessing Grandma's what it is cat? is that she... she I, I feel like what I sort of took from it is that maybe Ritsuko 
at some point deposited her cat with her grandmother because she knew she was going to be working like nonstop and, you know, living this chain smoking, coffee drinking, workaholic lifestyle. Yes. And then her grandmother's calling to say, but am I, am I wrong or right? No, you're you're right about that whole conversation. But I think Kevin is call, is noticing something because she says like on a call or something. I, I believe she says the girl died. So that girl died. Um, in the in Japanese, not in the subtitles. They translated it as so she died. Uh, and so I think my think chronicle calls that like she's realizing that or has figured out that. Uh, my Ray, whole... But Ray hasn't died yet, right? No, not yet. I mean, just the cutaway to the two little kitten statues yeah. next to her mm. hand kind of draws me to think that. I mean, know. yeah, I mean, yeah, because I, you know, I don't know what the Japanese like. Um, linguistic sort of uh, uh-huh. uh, tropes of referring to your pets like maybe that's you know like right. maybe the way they oh my little girl you know i mean mm. i certainly call my cats my children sometimes mm-hmm. interesting when it cuts to that insert on those two little kittens head and her hand is right next to it if her finger just kind of knocked one over like I just, a chest piece i kept that's what i was know? expecting to happen i know we both had it's like okay one down kind of thing like yeah I don't right. know, yeah yeah so yeah, so that's like mm. a little personal window. I mean, it doesn't because there's no plot information in that scene outside of it. It's just Ritzko having, honestly, having emotions, tender emotions or something. Oh, or observing yeah, them at least. A rough one for Ritzko too, though. By the end, yeah, we're going to talk about that because yeah, there's some confusing shit that I don't. Try and go in order. Okay, so so is so, so much. Well, now we're getting into the the lance is gone. It, well, who's talking to Gendo here? It's Zela. Zila. Zila. <laughs> Zila. Um, yeah. This is and where which, they're scolding him for the it, for using it, the lance in the previous episode. But they're they're not they're the monoliths, the sound only monoliths, but the voices are not distorted this time. And they were last time we saw them yeah. when they were talking to Fyutsky. So I mean maybe they were hiding their voice but I feel like Fyutsky's been in on meetings with them before well, wait, too. Wait, but when we saw them with Fyutsky, was that was was that when he was prisoner? Yeah. Well, maybe then I'm gonna. But I'm they gonna, use their oh. regular voices for Ritsuko. It's a, it's. A, oh, I guess it's just an mind. inconsistent thing of that you know in the show. But you'd think of the director's cut, they would go back and change it. Well, maybe. okay. Well, here I'll say this: mm. because Fuxi knows them, like, because he actually has probably talked to them. Yeah. Maybe but does Ritsuko? She doesn't, and no. they don't use this guy. We've never seen. For we've her. never seen. Well, I'm saying, what I'm going to getting at here is, is that when they have him as prisoner and they're like questioning him, I maybe, believe Fuxi's been in meetings with Gendo where. Yeah, 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 but that's what I'm getting at is, is that is that if they're going to if if I mean there was the possibility that they were going to like kill him or something like that. So if they're talking to him and they want their voices distorted so he doesn't know which one is saying what to him, mm. and then when they have Ritsko, oh, it's like if she's never met them, it doesn't really matter what their voices sound like. You know, like if maybe. the three of us went and kidnapped somebody, we that we knew we wouldn't want them to. I be missed able to the tell. If I yeah, I miss it is one thing. I don't have very few complaints about this show. One thing I kind of wish more. I mean. I, the committee has always been like kind of silly to me. Like the designs are a little bit silly. Like the the guy with the beak nose yeah. and then like the you know ah, this voice. Yeah. You know they they always and the the monoliths are so cool and scary yeah. to me. Is I do sort of wish there was, you know, if we could have just had say they like, always be mysteriously mm. sound only monoliths or only seen a few people or, you know, at the very least be more consistent with once it's revealed as like oh it's. Sale itself and not the committee. Did we just stick with the scary voices? Mm. I, I, Guys, I, I mean, I gotta say, you know, I have have 
personal experience with voice distortion uh, technology, and it yep. fails often. And so I think uh, in this situation, <laughs> this is true. I think Zayla. <laughs> There's more bullshit. Eh? I think Zayla. <laughs> I, I mean, it's just kind of you know, it's just drawing the line back to them. They're just human beings, you know. And even though they're someone fucked up. Yeah, someone fucked up. That's yeah. all it is. And I mean, what? There's only so many of the monoliths in this scene, too, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, one of the, well, one I don't of the, know. We're seeing at least there's there there's one that's numbered eleven. So they go mm. up to you know there's like twelve of them. This is it's a, the the yeah the and the committee is only what like six people or something. Mm. This yeah the, the, that whole thread of the show is something that I don't I don't think we've ever had a full handle on. Like right. it, 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 I'm not sure that it's there to be figured out. But right. But yeah. they're scolding him for losing the lance. They kind of know which we kind of knew that he was just wanting to get rid of the lance to fuck with them or to fuck up their mm-hmm. plans a little bit anyway. So they're right to feel like, is he going to betray us? And here's where we really start to see the split between. Although I got to say, what else was he supposed to do? I mean, he is right about that. that. Even though he was doing it on purpose to get rid of the Lance to alter yeah, the plans. Whatever, whatever. There two was birds, no other Two solution. birds with one stone type of situation yeah. for Gendo. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty much all that they're saying to him. And he gets interrupted by a phone call in his little drawer. Yeah. <laughs> his little drawer phone. I told you never to call me here. And uh, it's Fiedsky calling to say that an angel's been spotted. Yeah. And then so then we cut into Masato driving there. And we see this angel for the first time as Ooh, a sort of it's a good intro. A halo, like a kind of glowing ring hovering over the city. And uh, obviously, if you remember that, you know, Unit 1 is still, you know, uh, in the Bakelite lockdown because it went berserk and it doesn't need uh, an umbilical cable anymore. Yeah. You know, I got to say, there this angel design particularly reminds me of something that I saw when I was a kid. This is no bullshit. Um, I uh, was in my mm-hmm. home in Pennsylvania and it was a summer day and it had just gotten done raining. And I walked outside uh, into my driveway and on the driveway, Ben, I may have told you about this, were these uh, three kind of consecutive uh, rings, so to speak, rings. Um and upon further investigation, they were they were almost like geometrically equally spaced apart. And upon further investigation, um, when you get close, it's all sorts of little larvae kind of swarming all over one another. Nope. Kind of crawling into this, this ring shape. I'm not kidding. Out, yeah. uh, I know. It, it creeps me out, too. I don't like crawlers of any sort. Uh, but this was fascinating. <laughs> and um, I remember I went and got my mom. I'm like, well, like, they were like They this. were like laid out in a ring? Three rings. Um, I think one of them was bigger than the other, but mm-hmm. these three rings were each separated, right? And they were the rings themselves were not moving, but all the larvae, and I mean a lot of it, were all kind of moving in this kind of circular motion. So like the ring was kind of like rotating uh, in place, and it kind of reminds me so much of what this angel looks like as it's um, yeah, I'm trying to visualize it. Disgusting. Yeah, it's just that's like one of those things where it's like the larva spelled out a date. And you don't know what it what it means, and it's the day that you die. And you just spent the rest yeah. of your life waiting for that to happen. That it's just like why would they be? It's like it just seems like one of those like nature like mistakes or something that like why like you know like the the like you know how the ants are all sort of like following a line. And it's like well, if there's like a programming error that sends them in the wrong, you know, like I don't know. There's like something that makes me wonder about that. That's really interesting. I think you have told just, me that, but I forgot. Just nature being gross. I'm not. Is. I'm not grossed out by that. I'm more fascinated. It's fascinating. So okay, they launch Ray first and foremost. Yeah, because Asuka's a mess, and they know that. So Ray's yeah, listen, go I love Ray, and you know, all respect to Unit Zero. But if like that's your your guy on point is fucking Unit Zero, you're in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> 
Asuka is extremely, um, oh, you know, self-defeating or like, yeah, yeah um, despondent. Yeah. yeah. So we see, so, so, so Ray's out there. We see the now DNA that the halo helix. is, yes, yeah, yeah, it's like a double helix thing that's rotating and she's got her like rifle and they're sort of like, they're saying that it's like the, that the mag, the magic computer can't get any information on it so they're they're well, holding it's, it's going back and forth between pattern blue and orange which is interesting I and mean, it's interesting that it tries to explain it, remind us again what the what well the pattern, pattern blue is angel so until yes. it's pattern blue it's not considered an angel and this is sort of going back and forth pattern orange is just like an unidentified threat object. yeah I like guess. godzilla like and, shin godzilla yeah, yeah in the 40s <laughs> exactly. yeah. um but i guess that's interesting because it's going to try and merge physically biologically with you know, what's essentially a giant human and a human pilot. As we are going to learn more about. Yeah. So yeah. It, it forms into more of like so a worm But it thing. makes sense that it can sort of mm-hmm. go back and forth. And we've, we've already known that the DNA between angels and humans is actually really quite close. Yeah. So it turns into a worm thing and it kind of shoots out at Ray. She catches it in her hand, but oh, not she, before, <laughs> the not point, before the, the head of shot. it sort of pushes into her at like the abdomen of unit zero oh God, and it's kind stuff. of like penetrating the 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 armor like the 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 you know the blue and it says penetrating on the screen like giant letters say pen- there's a lot of sexual and impregnation imagery in this yeah it's the, like pushing into her belly basically yeah from the penetration and, to the veins to the the bloated pregnant belly when when ultimately unit zero is gonna suck the angel up into itself to get it away from shinji and you see it have this pregnant stomach and the angel even sucked inside like a like an umbilical cord or something like yeah it's i mean i gotta say like i <laughs> i think i have some respect for what i think Anna sort of i mean you know we talked about fan service way long ago in the thing and i do feel yeah. like there's, there's a bit of a like he is taking the things that you're used to with these characters and now making them disturbing and so this like repeated torso shot of ray kind of like writhing with these like veins popping out over her suit and it's mm. like the kind of shot that would be like sexy if it wasn't so horrific to imagine what it must what she must be going through yeah. and it's like it's it's you know he's really taken everybody for a ride here and well, it's and really upsetting we're, we're gonna up. get there but in the same way the the whole the i am not a doll thread and the idea of her because i was reading some interviews with him uh a fair it's there's that on AvaGeeks.org, they have like some articles and they're like, there are tiers of like reliability for the sources. And so this was like mid tier, (laughs) but um, a conversation that Anno had at an anime convention in 96, I think, and talking to American fans and somebody brought up that American fans like Misato, that they prefer Misato and that he was saying, you know, his favorite character he said was Asuka because she was cute but he said that, oh, <laughs> J- Japanese fans, I don't think you know, Japanese fans are ready for, you know, characters as strong as Asuka and Misato. They're intimidated by her, so they like Rey. Oh, that's interesting. And and the idea of Rey as sort of the, you know, subservient ideal of like, oh, this is for, for some nervous, shy, you know, nerd guy. Well, this is one that's easily approachable and like needs me to take care of her and all the bandage babe stuff that we sure, talked about, sure. all these sort of weird tropes. But even though it seems in some ways this like kind of really invented or solidified that trope, it's complicated by the ending here where you have a tank full of empty bodies, mindless rays, all mm-hmm. smiling mindlessly that Ritsuko then disintegrates and you hear the like these ghostly giggles as the bodies all fall apart. It just it's taking this idea of like, oh, you want this empty vessel woman and that's your ideal. Well, let me kind of show you what it is you want and how fucked up that is and how disturbing that 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 can be so even taking the alluring aspect 
for some people sure, of, sure. of her trope and complicating that and really taking that to the degree. Well, because I mean, we've talked about it before that upsetting. I do. I do think that that I mean, uh, you know, Anno is uh, like we talked, you know, about the formation of Gynax and how it, you know, it was sort of like fan, like a fan made yeah. community, and that these guys are otaku, like you know, self identified to some degree. And that this is like kind of the point, but that I think that a lot of what he starts to do, especially at this point in the show, is, I mean, he's, I think he feels like he can communicate with these type of fans because he is one. And so taking tropes or expectations and subverting them and, and, you know, hopefully, you know, making people question things like that about themselves or, or sort of disturbing them, like kind of hitting them where they, where it hurts them. Into some or degree. just creating an even stronger strain of pervert. <laughs> <laughs> it becomes resistant to antibiotics. Yeah, well, it's now a, it's like, oh, well, I, I'm only aroused if somebody's writhing and their torso's got bloated veins of something moving underneath. <laughs> oh, you God. Know. I mean, I'm sure, it I'm sure it's happened. I mean, you've seen, I have yet to see, and I would, but I maybe we should do for this podcast is watch uh, The Legend of the Overfiend. Legend of the Overfiend. Yeah, it's good. Um, and see how fucked up that is. And it's fun. I mean, the anime I, definitely has, yeah, it's, it's, caters to every type of pervert if you yeah i mean you know yeah, the, the, the <laughs> amount of perversion you can get when you're dealing with animation uh, yeah you can get away with a lot before we launch into talking about this just quick inner space sequence with with ray mm-hmm. um i really like the whole uh bit where they send oscar up to kind of yeah. rescue ray mm-hmm. and she is immobile like she cannot move and she just, can't get out of her own way you know no. even the posture of unit two uh, yeah exactly it's like a shrug almost. <laughs> yeah like, <laughs> it's really it's it's wonderful how quick it all is they send her up the doors open you know the gun you know deposits itself out mm-hmm. of the building the the ava can't move it, you cut in to see oscar like weeping oh, trying this to move made me really thing. sad and yeah. then you know Masato is like screaming to like engage mm-hmm. as ray is being you know totally um yeah penetrated <laughs> attacked yeah totally and then it cuts to this like silhouette shot behind uh uh unit 02 uh with ray in the background and the angel and then the unit the, you know Masato's just like bring her back and then yeah. the eva just like Boom, just like you know, yeah, which I don't think we've ever and... seen like it like, launch and then unlaunch. And that, no. the, the, yeah, the Archie sort of like wiggly, uh, glowing thing. It, it does have a very sperm like quality yeah. to the angel when it's in that shot you're talking about when she goes away. You can see it sort of like snake. Yeah, it looks like it's noticing her, which is what uh, it's which like is the what beginning Masato's of saying. Look Who's Talking when all the sperm <laughs> <laughs> go flying down. I haven't thought about Christmas. that in a long time. I haven't either. Okay, so then, so yeah, so then it goes, we go into, yeah, Ray's sort of mental space here. And I, I mean, this is, we're seeing a personified Ray talking to an, like, there's two Rays I talking totally to. I totally tried to put this scene, a version of this scene in a movie that we wrote, and uh, the movie got made, and that scene was not in there. <laughs> but I oh. did try. Wait, which one? Stephanie. Oh fuck, you're right. It's definitely a scene where Stephanie uh, interfaces with the the monster uh, that true. is uh, her her elfin lead monster. Yeah, another um, anime reference uh, in his, in sequences like this. Okay, so but let's so we're, we're like, I'm going to describe this a little bit, and then I want you guys to help me understand it. So the ray that is floating above has the veins on it. That's Ray. 
and then the ray that is standing sort of in what uh, looks like LCL. in LCL is the angel is the angel mm-hmm. and they are talking to each other and they the the, the line you know the, about becoming one with me uh uh-huh. is returning now right that's from that's you know Shinji had that uh mm-hmm. with the different women and when they, when he was in the like dissolved into the thing the idea of becoming All one boundaries you know even back to hedgehog's dilemma the idea of boundaries between people uh, yeah and as a source of loneliness. Yeah, and it's talking. It's it's talking to her about you know you hate being alone. You you won't be alone. It says there are so many of us. So I'm assuming that's referring to the the multitude of angels. Yeah, or people. Is it is the angel that says there are so many of us? I think it is. It's interesting. I mean, because it is it is Ray and the angel, but it Do is. Do you want also, to rewind it, Kevin, so yeah. we can? It is also Ray and the angel because they are merging into one thing. Yeah. So, it's, so, so I mean, so it's effectively, she, I mean, she is talking to herself, but it's like the parts of her that have already been sort of connected to the, it's like both. I mean, it's, this is mm-hmm. why I, I want to break it down because it's, it is tricky. And I found myself questioning a lot while watching and I, I assume other people will be too. Yeah. See, I always took it as the angel aspect was the one in the LCL. Yes. Okay. That's correct. Yeah. That's okay, correct. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. But it's also hard to tell who's saying which lines because we don't do a lot of shots in their yes, faces the when they're talking. In that wide shot, we can't see their mouths move, which I'm sure would save time for the animators, but it makes the sequence a little bit more confusing. And you know, ultimately, maybe it's just fine. Maybe just whatever you think it is is what it is. I don't... Right. Because what it is is that the angel's true. trying to, to merge completely with Ray. So, you right. know. Well, and the angel is lonely. And aren't you lonely too? And yeah, we're both feeling that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's smiling as it says it. It's but so, it's it's almost. I mean, you get the sense that it's a little bit like Ray realizing she's lonely for the first time. It because is. Ray is not yes. in touch with her own emotions, and when we come out of the scene, she finds this that is she's crying, is. and it's a, and she's surprised that she has tears because you know she doesn't. Uh, you know, when Ray has emotions, she, it does sort of surprise her. We get that shot of the drops of water, and that transitions back into she's in the in Unit Zero crying. Well, I think it's interesting. You know, let's compare the inner worlds of all three main characters, okay. right? And and how. Asuka and Shinji are just like there's so much going on and yeah. that's the problem with theirs is it's just and they attack themselves with their own that, like insecurities and right. stuff Shinji's too. got a lot of thinking about other people and the relationship of other people you know hey Shinji yo Shinji mm-hmm. and you know uh, good work Shinji and you know his father is in there a lot and mother and Rei and he's like there's a lot of focus outward on other people and concern yeah. and fear about that Asuka has all this dark stuff about herself it's all very Asuka centric the sink. I'm Oscar Langley Sorry, like how's to meet you? Here's my chance. Mm-hmm. You know, please look at me. That repeating loop that we. And get she's from got her. the things she's hiding from, like the the, the aspects this, of her past that she doesn't talk right. about. The angel trying to interface with her brings up all this dark shit mm-hmm. of, uh, you know, yeah, the stuff that she's trying to. Yeah, her actual insecurities, her actual fears, all this yeah. darkness. Like it's like, oh, now that's turned up and come to the surface. With Ray is nothing there. And like, that's the scary and sad thing about Ray is like, it's empty. Her mm-hmm. mental space is an endless sea of LCL and one other thing in there. And the other thing is the foreign entity that's saying, yeah. I'm lonely. <laughs> like, yeah. Without that, she would just be, I mean, as we're going to yeah, learn more about at the end of so the episode, all throughout the series and, and Shinji, Shinji gets two. Cause he has one. That's the angel. Uh, Leliel when he's inside of that and then there's the when he's subsumed into the Ava but he's still interfacing with Ava um, but they're all forced to look inward and what they see when they look inward you know shows them something and they're you know the true selves are revealed and they have these different reactions that I think yeah that when Ray is forced to look inward she's forced to confront the fact that she's an empty room mm-hmm. 
Okay. And okay. was born and raised in an empty room, which we'll find out. Find yeah. out. So okay, so so yeah, so then we see yeah, we see this thing burst out of her, and this is what you talked about. We're trying to freeze yes, frame it so I we can see. Sort of, yeah, we're sort of oh, freeze framing the, through it. I can definitely see Lelio. I mm-hmm. see a hand. Uh, there's yeah. Sandalfon. See those two little plug things? Yeah. Sandalfon's come out. There's Zero uh, at the yeah, top. Yeah. Um, I wow. encourage you guys to go do this if you yeah if you can sort of jog through that. You miss, so there's uh, the eyes. Mm-hmm. The, um, that's uh, Matario. Is that the spider one? I forget. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our missile, I believe, is this <laughs> angel. Just, by the way. So it's it's it, this this got this got a laugh out of me at least is like so you see this thing this like brown conglomerated form of the other angels burst out of it and it cuts back into the control room and uh, Gendo's like the suspension on unit one has now has been lifted lifted as of now. <laughs> and so yeah. I think like oh that crazy shit yeah <laughs> suspension lifted and he's not you know like he's keeping his classic Gendo calm and his. Poise, but it's he's like, got his feet in the bucket. Send it of water. out immediately. Yeah, yeah. No, it's... Uh, our missile, by the way, this angel I looked up. Uh, he's an angel traditionally invoked in matters relating to labor and childbirth. Oh, Gabriel wow. and Temeluk are invoked to help the child while it is in the womb, but it is our missile who is responsible for the birth process. Interesting. Cue an angel to please write in an actual angel to tell us that we're butchering all the angel names too. Mm-hmm. I'm, yeah. sure, I'm sure the angel names are way uh, mispronounced. As uh, as Shinji's being launched out, um, you get this quick cut of Asuka saying like, what, you didn't send him out for me, um, which I never Ooh. remember seeing before. Reference to the previous episode yeah, exactly. when she was being attacked by her angel. Yeah. And, uh, Get, they use the lance. So we'll send the lance. Yeah. So and just Asuka wanted to be rescued by Shinji, exactly. too. Exactly. I mean, that's it. Yeah. For sure. You yeah. won't do anything for me. Yeah, you won't right? even hold me. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Her desire to be rescued by this guy. So, Fucking... you know, our boy comes out back in action. He's, you know, as opposed to the the posture of Unit 2, the, the, the you know, he kind of rolls his shoulders out. He's feeling <laughs> this tough. First thing, the angel. This nasty. fucking shot right here, where like he's about to pull out his progressive knife, and it cuts to Ray, and she's looking over her shoulder at him, and she's like Akari, and the camera like whips off oh, and so follows good. the angel as it like you know just near misses or near hits. Uh, yeah, his is smashes gone. his rifle, yeah. tries to penetrate, him. grabs it. Stabbing's not gonna work. Use a progressive knife. Yeah, him holding it in his hands is really good, and then it's and then we see it starting to infect the, I love the unit the, one's the, hands. The infection of the unit yeah. one and the infection of the pilot. I just love the connection between the, mm-hmm. you know, the mental connection. <laughs> and that's where he things. sees these little faces, like little sort of ray faces, pop out of the veins on his hand it where hurts. the angel's infecting. So him. this is hurts because like part of it is still within her. Yeah, yeah. it's one end is is, is pressed into, into her belly, and now yeah. the other end he's he's holding with his hands. It hasn't pressed into him, but so they are physically and sort of like I don't know, psych, physiologically. Mm. They're, they're all connected. Yeah, they're all connected through the the rope sort of worm thing of this angel's body um so he's seeing he sees yeah a, that's a, when the end turns into a giant ray which is uh and and the ray again is still sort of being shown things by the angel because that's when she sees that transformation happen she's like oh this is my heart wanting to become one with akari oh do i have feelings for him mm-hmm. specifically because it's <laughs> taking the form of her and hugging <laughs> you know hugging one. you know one's face and spreading that nasty, uh, yeah. nasty. Because everything veins. it touches is the thing. 
Um, but then, yeah, then we see all at once, like, Ray's made a decision, and she... To contain it. Yeah, she reverses her AT field, and she sucks it all. Slurps it up like a noodle into... <laughs> yeah. yeah looks like... like it's sort of the into the core of Unit Zero, but it turns into, like, this big bloated womb. <laughs> Goddamn. Uh, no. And then she self-destructs. Yeah, so it's it's a choice that she's making. Well, she says, yeah. I mean, she makes a decision though because if I go, the AT field will disappear. Well, because they're telling her to like like eject the entry plug and, and escape. And she's like, if I if I escape, this the is my one shot. Away. Basically, yeah, yeah. I, gotta, I got it. I gotta do so, it. So yeah. So then it yeah it collapses sort of in in this really cool animation of it kind of collapsing like a. Mm-hmm. I don't know how. And to the describe. last thing that Ray sees before she self-destructs is gendo smiling gendo and it reaches out oh my god this this yeah like reaches out like well ava unit two itself sort of turns into a ghostly giant ray and stands unit zero zero. uh what did i say two oh yeah unit zero sorry um but the yeah, in its last mode, you like blinks into a giant But the gravity of it, ray. like it doesn't stand in the way it should. It's like almost like it's being hoisted up. Mm-hmm. Like it has an unnatural heft to. Well, its Well, it looks movement. as though because she sees Gendo and in, in, in the like she sees the Gendo sort of like as though he's above her, and then it cuts to the wide shot of of you know almost as though there's a Gendo that is like taking her by the hand and lifting oh, could her be. up. Is what is yeah. what I sort of took it as. At least visually, that seems to be what it's implying. She's seeing something. Yeah. And reaching for it. And then it makes this noise. There's so much noise. And I guess it's all Megumi Hashibara doing all these. You know, we have the laughing rays later on. And mm-hmm. this, the, the ray in pain is she's interfacing with the angel. But the this, like, weird, breathy, huh? It makes mm-hmm. as it stands uh, is one of the most upsetting Ava sound effects for me. Uh, just that sort of blissful sound it makes as it stands in this weird way and then blows up and dies i I should try and like pull like i should like lay that in or something over the when you say that you should yes you should get that sound effect and play that because it's very alarming and just the idea of of death and your own destruction being this like thing that you long for and like this it's almost sounds like this kind of orgasmic desire to you know cease to be and explode it's i don't know it's very the, the Thanatos, the death yeah, drive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're very much in that realm. Yeah. Well, there's going to be a song, and End of Evangelion, a pop song called Thanatos. Yeah. So, I mean, so so the inside the control room, they're all watching this. Masato is, of course, furious because anytime something happens to one of the pilots, she takes it on as her own personal failure. Ritsuko, Ritsuko just, just asking to be slapped again. I'm kind of amazed she didn't. Cause Such she's a just, jerk. Well, I mean, I love this shot of her, like, right after she says it, she's, like, turned away. Like, exactly. Like, anticipating. Mm-hmm. It's like she cannot control this like bullshit that comes out of her mouth. Yeah, she just has this like. Un- I mean, at this point, she's so negative, and it's like her and Masato are just like you know. Barely... Ritsuko is a male Stephen King villain. Kind of, yeah. Like she feels, <laughs> especially as she like starts to fester in her like resentment of Ray and everyone else. Like starts to really psychologically get into the space of a lot of like some of the most upsetting. Like the Harold Louders of the world, or no, the I, I can, Percy I can, Wetmore's. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm picturing the Stephen King paragraphs describing how she feels. Ritsuka's mental, mm-hmm. Ritsuka's inner space, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and I mean, I, I, it's Naoko too. It's like you know, because the, the, there's so much connection, interconnectivity yeah. between those characters and their sort of s- simmering hatred. 
of the popular person. Yeah, it's interesting because she has the most connection to her parent. Like in terms of like a lot of these people, the parents are sort of a distant thing, but hers, yeah. it's And like, it didn't help. No, <laughs> no. It's fucked. Parents fuck everything up. So in the second half of the episode after the eye catcher opens with finding the, ugh, the, the nasty remains of the entry plug and Ray has not survived. Yeah, I mean, they're searching, but it's, it's you know, Ritzko's right. I mean, like... Ritzko's, and well, Ritzko says dispose of, dispose of this and keep this top secret that we found this yeah. body. And then we do get... We, we asked before in a previous episode, do we ever have the names of the angels said? Well, they flash by quasi-subliminally <laughs> here um, as there's a little recap for from Sele, I guess. Talking Zila. About, Zila. Uh, Zila. Yeah. Yes. And they're just talking with, uh, the, with themselves. There's nobody else here. So we're completely <laughs> yeah, outside. Yeah, they're just like pat, patting themselves their, on the back. Their chat yeah. room. This yeah. is just their little uh, it's, it's AOL the, it's chat room. It's the group room. text. It's the... <laughs> it's, it's Guys, our journey text. has been long and the sacrifices have been great. It's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they, yeah. Because this is, this is a weird phrasing here. And this is, starts to get into some of the weird stuff that I want to try and break down. Because they're, they're assessing the thing. They're like, we lost the lance. We lost unit zero, zero. Right. And we have more reasons to relieve Akari of his command because they still think they can control this. He's smart enough to know the significance, they say, of why we allowed Fuski to return safely. We need another human sacrifice to counter Ikari. They want to take somebody else away from him. Yeah, to and we need him. someone who knows the truth. And then we cut to Ritsuko's cats and her sitting at her desk. So we understand now. They're what... going to come get Ritsuko. And, you know, I mean. Ritsuko looking at old pictures of herself. I too. love this Something, scene. It's yeah. so simple, but it's, it's really effective. That's a pretty good scene. Just to ha- to take the time in mm-hmm. an anime giant robot show to have her kind of wistfully looking at young brown haired pictures of herself. Her mom and Gendo. And then next to, yeah, her mom and Gendo. So I don't like I just but I just want to clock the, the human sacrifice thing because obviously like, you know, there is a version of this where like they said like it seemed to be implied that maybe they were gonna take Fuski out, you know, and then Kaji frees him and then they mm-hmm. just sort of let that happen. And obviously in this episode, like they Maybe don't, took Kaji out because of it. Yeah, and they don't they don't kill Ritsuko in this episode, but no. we don't know what they do do to her. It does sound like they torture her and like degrade her. Like and she's it, naked in front of the monolith. Yeah, and I mean I, I I'll take it as a, you know, blessing that she's not also that we don't have to see her like beat up as well. Like that right. she's not like Well, there's a lot of coy implications in this episode of like really disturbing stuff that they kind of just really lightly hint at and it's like yeah that's what's going on but we're not gonna yeah get into it uh, and that's in the we're about to come to one that and if you if if because i wasn't yeah. sure in the, in the, yeah. the following scene is, is shinji's sitting here alone, we go listening to his headphones but they're not plugged go in, back so we, a little bit we hear just a the, tiny bit before she sits down we so we hear track 25 playing it's just some j-pop music he's listening to he's just sitting you know despondent on his bed because as far as he's concerned ray is gone and uh-huh. he doesn't know what to do with it. He's just sitting alone. He can't even listen to his music. He can't even escape and cope the way he normally does. He's got nothing. You know, he's just in his shorts and his little, you know, uh-huh. kind of 80s workout looking t-shirt. that's <laughs> not slipped over the shoulder. Uh, yeah. Masato comes and sits next to him on the bed. Yeah. And he's talking about how he can't, he doesn't have any tears. The tears won't come. This episode called Tears, by yeah. the way. He's sad, but the tears won't come. Yeah, Misato... <sighs> Okay. Yes. Misato puts the moves on Shinji here. That's and you you believe that that's what this is. This is what it is. This is we have a friend, mutual friend Olive Lynch and a, a period, like years ago, probably 5 or 6 years ago, 
it may be the first time she was watching the show and she messaged me, you know, some things she'd found on some message board. She's like, Hey, is this true? And I was like, you know, is Misato making a pass at Shinji or is she offering, you know, base intimacy or sexual comfort or, you know? Yeah. I mean, all she does is she, she says, Shinji, this is all I can do for you now. And she reaches her hand and puts her hand on his. And he kind of freaks out. He can, I mean, so if that's what it is, Shinji knows because he says, Misato, yes. stop it, stop it. And he pulls away and sort of recoils yes. into like almost a fetal position. And, and then, then she goes to try yeah. and talk to Pen Pen, and Pen Pen won't come to her, and she's sort of like... Well, her thoughts, she says, yeah. is he afraid of women? No, he's afraid of being intimate with people. So right. again, they're not... She doesn't say... No one says the word sex. No one says anything sexual. Uh, but I, if, if the, you're telling me that that's... Well, yeah. Well, because yeah, to finish my story, is like I, was, I refused to believe it because I was like, well, no! That's not what it is. I didn't, I, you know, I didn't want to sully <laughs> the mm-hmm. sort of... The relationship... Um, but I, you know, there's a, a lot. There's a strong case made online, and then when I got my Ava Chronicle, that was one of the first things I looked up. Was like, well, what does this have to say about that? And again, the Chronicle is going to be coy, but it calls out that scene, and it says the description of that scene is: Shinji mentioned to Misato that he hadn't been able to shed a single tear over Ray's death. In a desperate act, Misato sought some comfort with Shinji, but was rejected. And then over here, when it's doing basically the timeline of the episode, uh, scene 12 here is called Misato Seeks Warmth. I so mean, but I, I guess but my, I mean, the, my only objection and my only, like, if, if we're going to talk about, because it is, I mean, it's not, it's not clear. I mean, they don't. Well, the, said, the other thing is that, like, if you look at the, the shot, particularly in the pre-director's cut episodes, but in this one too, that's why I had Kevin sort of run back the scene, is that Shinji's sitting there in the back of the chair um, when it cuts to uh, away from the overhead shot into the side shot, the back of the chair is like positioned almost like Austin Powers style to like be very phallic, because like coming like d- hips, right, like, cutting yeah. across his hips, and the chair back is sticking up. And when Misato sits down, she sits down directly on top of it. Yeah. So even from just a design Ooh. standpoint, I, yeah, yeah, they are. I just okay, but I mean, it, like, I still, it's like if if you wanted, if you if you wanted to look at it differently, you yeah, one, I think you one could still say that like. I mean, intimacy means a lot of different things. It doesn't necessarily mean sexual intimacy. And she could have just been wanting to, you know, be, mother him, to hold him, to comfort him. Putting your hand on somebody else's hand can be right. uh, a non-sexual, you know, gesture. It can, you know, the, she. you could interpret it that way, but I, it sounds like you're this making a very strong case, and I'm be, not going to argue. Well, the fact that it's so coyly says, yeah. like, in a desperate act. I don't think yeah. a desperate act of holding someone's... I don't think that's something you'd do. And nah, then you can, you can the, desperately cling to someone that is not in a I would right. argue that this won't be the first time that we see Masato kind of use her sexuality um and 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 shinji's loneliness as a means of kind of to yes you know yeah i, of, I mean it's, uh, it's to motivate him motivate him exactly it's, it's, i mean it's certainly to I, try and help him and it, it is sort of the thing of is this and she says this is about all i can do for you right now yeah and there's some back and forth of like wait is misato does she use sex with a lot of people in a lot of ways to let's from to get out of things or mm-hmm. going back to that other episode where she tells Kaji I only smoke after stuff like this so only you know so it's like and it does I don't particularly care it doesn't necessarily uh, change my read of the character my affection for the character whether she's you know mm-hmm. promiscuous, or, promiscuous or or not I think you know obviously there's something very touching about it. if it's like well she just only has this the like, Kaji's the only person she's ever slept with there's something like kind of chastely romantic about that Obviously, you know, 
offering intimacy to a 14 year old child who is in your care is problematic and upsetting. Mm -hmm. Not, it doesn't, uh, again, that doesn't destroy my affection for the character. Not at all. I mean, let's, Um, let's think about even Shinji's first, uh, even before his first interaction with her in the first episode when he's getting picked up, he has a postcard from her with again, arrow pointing at her cleavage. Yeah. And he's just like, what to make of this? Right. Yeah, I mean, I think I think at least initially, you know, it's like she's at least comfortable being well, jokey I mean, about her she, femininity yeah, yeah. and stuff. Well, she's being because when Re- the first thing Ritsuko says on the phone when she's like, "Oh, he's gonna come live with me," he's like, "Not like I'm gonna put the moves on a kid." And Ritsuko's like, "Of course you're fucking not. What are you talking about?" Yeah, he's like, yeah. Geez, can't take it. So it's, it's, I mean, she uses the humor about her her sexuality as a deflecting kind of tactic. Yeah, and and. You know, but as we all know that, I mean, all these characters have their insecurities and their secret fears and stuff like that. And and, and, we're, and look, I mean, we're getting very close to the end here. And these are human beings that are facing everybody's uh, like like totally challenges broken. that has no, that have never been faced broken. before. I so mean, they're being they're beyond the pale as far as their own ability. Kaji to deal is with dead. Things. Ray is dead at this point. Everyone is lonely. Ray, Asuka, Ritsuko, and even, I mean, Gendo. It's wonderful that the subtitle even kind of comes up, you know, uh, over Gendo here, where Masato says, I guess I'm the one who's lonely, and then it just sticks yeah, over and it cuts to a shot of wow. Gendo. Yeah. Uh, it's really, I mean, accidental, but still. No, I don't, I don't think it is. I think, I think a lot of the transitions in this episode are very purposeful because we just came out of the one that's like, we need somebody who knows the truth. Cut to Ritsuko. Yeah, that's very true. You know? I mean, yeah, maybe absolutely. I'm the one who's lonely. Cut to Gendo. Absolutely. I, you know, yeah. I know. I'm very mindful of that stuff when I, in our writing. And so Gendo and Fuchs here are in. I mean, if calls Ray the product of his despair, which I think we can finally fucking talk about the fact that Ray is a clone. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. It's been so long. Yeah. And we've been trying not to say too much about it, but she's a clone. And if you're obviously she's a clone of Yui. Yeah. I mean, we've intimated or hinted at it, but, but yeah, so we use, I think we're still sort of holding out. Like maybe there's one person out there that still thinks that, uh, she's like their daughter somehow, mm-hmm. uh, some illegitimate or secret daughter, but no, she's a straight up clone of Yui. Uh, so, so Fyutsuki saying that she's the product of his despair. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't really clock that. Well, I, that calls I, to mind what you were to... saying that he was in love with Yui. I think he was in love oh, with Yui. Exactly and I think, it. and yeah. I think that he's the one with the scientific knowledge and that when Gendo had the idea that if this could be done, Fuxi, knowing that this was sort of like, you know, like breaking the laws of nature or something like that, but his desire to see Yui again mm. got the better of him and he allowed for Ray to be created is how I interpreted it. Mm-hmm. And that so like the two men, and that's the thing we talked about, that like it's funny in the Birth and Nerve episode that like, or ner- is it Nerve? Nerve. Nerve. That, like in, in that episode, nerf? we, we, we find out that... <laughs> That these two guys don't even they weren't like buddies like these two guys were kind no. of at odds with each other and they don't necessarily like each other but effectively the the relationship we see them having in the present is a bit of a kind of like they're bonded over their love for the same woman yeah. effectively yeah. and and all the stuff that we're seeing is in some way them carrying out a, a version of her wishes yeah. that they both mm-hmm. are trying to do mm-hmm. to 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 honor her in a way. Still and and to they're willing to go against the committee yeah. and against Zayla or whatever, like because they want to honor her. And making Ray was another way of doing that, and protecting Ray uh, is another way of doing. Complicated that. by the fact this episode also reveals that there are human souls embedded inside of the Avas. 
Yeah. Like Ritsuko They don't really talk about that. They just kind of say it. Yeah, they say it, but they don't, they don't, they don't, she doesn't elaborate. Right. But we know that there's a human soul. I mean, we know that Yui disappeared in the connection tests into unit one. We've seen it behave in a certain way. So we can, we can guess that Yui's soul is inside of AB unit one. And and is, you know, the idea of being in, piloting a giant robot that is also in effect your dead mother is the conceit of this show that yeah, we yeah. finally arrived at. long at. last, we, we, we can say that. So that's... that does beg the question of, well, what is going on with units zero and two? Yeah. And whose souls reside inside of those? Well, because, so, okay, so, so after that scene, it, well, yeah, just to keep on track, after that scene where they talk about Ray, where Fuxi and Gendo are down there in the thing looking at this. Do we, are we done with Misato? That was a big deal. Yes. <laughs> uh Misato and Shinji and I, intimacy. I, I mean, I think, think it's all very sad and awkward, and you know, I don't know what exactly she was planning on having happening. I think Kevin's right to flag it for later to, to yeah. track this. And, you know, there's a lot of her behavior that, especially on this show, that when so much is up in the air, the first time you're watching it, you're kind of doing the read that you want to read, and then you come to terms with, okay, well, you know, how can I accept? Things that maybe I don't want to be the case, but they're you know they are, mm-hmm. and uh, I mean, I'll be curious to watch End of Evangelion again and see how some of these things play. Mm-hmm. Knowing what I know now, because I definitely resisted that idea, but again, I'm not opposed to it, and I am definitely getting, you know, a little weary of the really the desire these days for characters in our fiction to be as morally upstanding as we would like everybody to be on say Twitter. Uh, and that, you know, yes. for some people's, Oh yeah, I definitely saw a meme. That's a, a Evangelion meme. That was just a picture of Misato, like a head on picture of Misato. And the caption was here. We have two pedophiles looking at each other. Cause when you look at the picture, yeah. she's <laughs> looking at you. And they read uh, the text. Um, yeah, I, I think, I I, I you think know, that if, if, I mean, look, I, I would really sincerely hope that nobody who was with the show and with the characters up until this point watched that scene and then just was like, well, I can't support anything that had, I, I would like to think that that doesn't exist, but you're right, considering the world we live in now, I'm sure there are, I think that, look, I mean, you if know, you, oh, Misato's trash and she's, you know, look, if you can still like Jamie Lannister at <laughs> any fucking point. It, it, the, oh, the pilot episode of Game of Thrones, Jamie Lannister pushes a child out no, of a window yeah, and kills a child. If you can he's like fucking him, his sister and attempts to murder a child. Yeah, at any point in Game of Thrones, you can like Masato. So I'm like, I'm speaking to a straw man person here that maybe doesn't exist. But if 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 sure. if that is if it's a problem for you, just no. But it's complicated. go with it. Go with it. It is it's complicated. You're not asked. You're not being asked to morally approve of any of the char- the characters' behaviors here. It's just part of this fucked up scenario that all these people are reacting to and trying to figure out how best to handle things. That's true. I mean, it's metaphorical as well. I mean, even this this uh, image that we're paused on right here, which is like an establishing of uh, Tokyo 3, um, mm-hmm. it's just de- dilapidated structures. Like, everything yes. is kind of crumbling. Everything's falling apart. Yeah. yeah. And so, them reaching out and fumbling. T- I mean, I think... Is there a... D- episode title or is it a maybe it's a track but fumbling towards kindness is a mm. uh, oh it's a it's a name of a manga chapter fumbling towards kindness with misato early on and uh there's also a um sarah mclaughlin album called fumbling towards ecstasy <laughs> that i listened to a lot uh, at the time i was watching evangelion and the, the fumbling towards as a phrase um is really 
powerful for me. I agree. And, and so the idea of her sort of fumbling towards something here with him and fumbling towards connection, which seems to be about what this entire episode is from the angel uh, fumbling its way towards trying to, uh, aren't you lonely? You know, as, what we have with Shinji, uh, with Misato reaching a hand towards Shinji and him pulling away is kind of the same thing as the angel hip deep in the LCL saying, That's right. you know, do, do you, the do loneliness you, in your heart. Do you think uh, had YouTube existed when you were watching this as a young person, you would have done a, a uh, ed- edited your own Evangelion mon- a montage to uh, the In the Arms of the Angel song? It would whatever. not have been that song, no. It wouldn't, no. <laughs> Still on the nose. <laughs> it would have been, uh, let, let me think which one it would have been. Um, <laughs> no, it would have been the, the hidden track on Fumbling Towards Ecstasy, which is the piano acoustic version of the uh, uh, Possession, the song Possession. Okay. So Fair enough. If you know that, that's what it would uh, be. I'll look into it. Um, th- that was my Buffy and Angel song. Ah. Was that song. So, okay. So after we see them, we see... Uh, Shinji at the hospital. It was Sato tells Shinji, "Oh my God, like they're good news or whatever." And then he goes to the hospital and he's talking to Ray, who I guess she's alive after all. They found her. Oh, oh and she just has a sling on her arm and a couple bandages <laughs> the or whatever. Old like bandage, you know, like like how she was when he first saw her. And he's talking. But about, also, but yeah, like this sort of return, this coming full circle thing of a lot of the images and phrases. Yeah, it's si- similar shot design as well. Even mm-hmm. when like he I almost calls thought out it was flashbacks, and... I couldn't tell for sure. Yeah, right. This is all really interesting structurally when we consider the rebuild movies and the fact that the last rebuild movie is called through 3.0 plus 1.0 and the idea of yeah circles yeah so so okay so and it, the, the angels is fucking circle in this episode mm-hmm. okay so but so, so 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 he thinks that ray survived he's talking to her he's thanking her for saving him and she has no idea what he's talking about she's not yeah. unpleasant about it she's like uh, oh oh okay i guess that's oh i saved you he's like you don't remember she's like no i just don't know mm-hmm. i think because i'm the third one yeah so she says that that ends the scene and then she goes back home to her cozy uh apartment that we all know and love with her beaker of water and which we find out more about that apartment and why it looks the way it is i think it seems like it was chosen because this is very similar to the place that she grew up yeah so it's something about like the the water and light that makes up her psyche or something exactly is present in this room yeah so she's sort of she's back there and she's kind of confused like she doesn't it's almost like she's like well why why is this like that she lets the bandage just fall off and so surprise surprise she's not actually injured uh, the bandages are just there to give the impression that she was saved, which they don't really, you know, they could have tried. Can I be it. honest? It's, I just, I would kind of find Ray's room comforting. Like the white noise of the industrial clang and the sort of dank womb-like quality of it, I, I probably would be able to sleep there. Like I stayed at my uncle's house once and it was like a basement bad. room and it was so fucking dark, like beneath the earth, that I could just sleep there forever. Like I, I would not wake up. I mean, that just says something about you. Yeah, I, guess I think so. it does. Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. Telling yourself there, man. No, yeah. I mean, I think it's it implied that it's like a kind of decaying building. So I pictured, I imagine that it sort of smells It probably smells moldy and, 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 and yeah. musty, but... A lot of black mold in that. I like this. Sounds great. I, I like this bit here where she, you know, she, after she uh, unravels the bandages, she looks over and sees Gendo's glasses, mm-hmm. grips them like she did before. But she's this, break new, this new Ray, though, just does she crush them in her hand? She is about to, and then she starts to cry. Oh man! So she's yeah, she's finding emotional valences and things that she doesn't understand. And, um, uh, she feels like this is the first time she's seen her tears, but then maybe it's not. 
and is yeah so so we're yeah we're getting we're getting some of the you know just the basic confusion of um of you know somebody why who's am i crying a question i think everybody's asked themselves right i'm not alone in that why am i crying yeah probably <laughs> just crying um uh then because again i was talking to if you see about saying that the uh this the you know like basically that the what are they saying the restrictions yeah, are lifted? they're they're gonna be angry that ray's still alive and they're basically that's gendo he's gonna offer up ritsuko he's like oh i'll give something else to the old men of sele to sort of placate them and that's ritsuko and this is the sad truth about ritsuko is is that yeah, she's being offered as a substitute for ray in, in a way in a bid to protect ray from this he subjugates ritsuko allows her to be subjugated to all this Degradation and torture and interrogation of the Sele monoliths. This is like, like I'm just still trying to like, and, and it's probably a dead end. It's it's a it's a forget it, Jake. It's Chinatown kind of moment for me here. But I, I'm I'm trying to understand exactly like, so they're like they are an official group that is like, mm-hmm. are they a secret society? Are they like? It's just like what exactly? How does this sort of discipline this? "Quote unquote human sacrifice." How is that a function of their organization exactly? Like, uh, is it like the, I, they're like the Russian mafia or something? Like, I don't know. Like, what? Like, it's very strange to me. And it's in it's. I'd forgotten this whole element to the thing because obviously them like. Well, they're just trying to control him. So it's like, well, if we take away his right hand man, that's gonna that's gonna hobble him. And then Kaji like rescues him, and they're like, okay, well maybe we'll allow that for now, but we need to, uh, you know, hurt him. And keep him in line. I don't think they mean sacrifice in like an no. apocryphal. No, no, no. 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 But yeah. I, but I think because they do, they they take her and they question her. And she's and they, all we know is she's know. standing nude in front of them. Right. And they say, you know, you you'll have no further degradation or something like that. And she's like, I'm not humiliated. But at I all. think the idea was they weren't necessarily going to give her back. Like I don't think they planned on giving Futsuki back, and then Kaji did, and they're like, okay, we'll allow this. They're going to take her, and they ultimately decide, I think by giving her back, we're going to fuck with his shit more than if we had kept her. And they're exactly. right, because the first thing she does is show Shinji the Ray tank. Oh. Yeah, because they basically, yeah, well, that's the whole thing. They, tell they her, kind of reveal to her. Yeah, they tell oh, her that he, he, he gave you yeah. over, and that's therefore they He know doesn't give a shit about you. A, he, a, he cares you about know. Ray. They are playing her. And then, so she goes back and immediately starts to misbehave in Gendo's house. Do they want her to uh, do what she does to all the Rays? I don't know. That's I don't know yeah, if they know, know about all that, or is that her own agency? I th- I think that's her choice. I don't yeah. think she was ordered to do that. Whether or not they knew or suspected that she would do that, maybe. But I think that is her choice to destroy. I think so. Bodies. Here's here's what I think. I think that because they know that she knows about about <laughs> Gen about Gendo's like plans that are separate from them. So it's like okay, we take somebody who has intimate knowledge of what he's doing that we don't want him to do. We tell her that yeah. you know he betrayed Turn her. Turn her against Gendo. And so what's and she going to do? She's back. going to go hit him where it hurts him exactly. in the parts that it also. I mean, so they're mutually benefiting here. She gets revenge and they get to Gendo's no fuck fool, with Gendo's though. Mind. He knows that this must be like a, a part of their ploy. Oh, yeah. I think they underestimate Gendo. Hmm. Okay, they're yeah. the fools. <laughs> yeah, this is so much information. But, I mean, hopefully this is helping people because it, it does sort of... There's so, the capsule, though. Yeah, yeah. back to Masato's Kaji's room. capsule. Yeah. Kaji's 
sex capsule that he yeah, tried to give to Masato. And, and it has like a little in an like intimate a, way. A microchip or There's something. There's a chip inside. Yeah. And basically this is the moment where Masato's like, fuck it, I've got to get back on my feet. Like Masato hit rock bottom there and is now taking up Kaji's cause, accepted his feelings. You know, it's like, yeah, there was a guy. There was somebody who would give you the intimacy that you seek. You know, Pen Pen may reject you. Shinji may reject you. If Kaji had been here, man, be a different story. Kaji be there for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so she accepts his feelings and takes up his mission to like, well, fine, I'm going to find out what the fuck's going on, which she kind of had been doing already. But I think now we see a Misato that's even more motivated to fuck up nerves shit. So Ritsuko is on the uh, forever escalator. Yeah. Um, and we have... Uh, From Nadia. A crossover. Yeah. We have, uh, you know, crossover audio of uh, Zila talking about how they have eight Evangelions mm. that are already being prepared. Eight Evangelions Which leaves prepared. four more. That's a lot of Evangelions. The Annihilation oh, of New Tokyo 3 will be good material upon which to advance our plans. Holy shit. Oh, wait, wait. We didn't... Hurry their we, 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 we skipped over earlier that they did call out that they said the 16 Angels have come so they said there's one left yes there's oh, one left fuck. yeah we didn't catch that yeah no they said when they when the earlier scene of them in yeah. the group chat they said that good call they were like oh yeah so there's one left as predicted by the dead sea scrolls and that that comes back to this thing where they're saying okay so we got eight more there's four more that we're going to do the annihilation of tokyo 3 will you know bring forth whatever this will be our promised day so we're we're, we're getting that that it's there the was a scenario. plan here they expected 17 angels they intended to make more avas for the purpose of Something. this showdown of the right. thing. Gendo had all this other shit he was doing. They obviously wanted to have the lance as part of it, and he fucked that over. So we don't really know entirely, but just to flag that, if you're yeah. trying to track yeah, all yeah. of this, that, that that this we are we are in the final chapter. Like this, the next thing is three the, episodes left, one angel left. Just to reiterate, they are unofficially uh, making these Evangelion outside of Nerf. As, right, uh, uh, Gendo's not supposed to know, it seems yeah. like, because but Makoto told Misato exactly. about going through facing. Shanghai. Yeah, yeah, we've heard that they're building the Ava series, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, I don't um, Yeah, I don't know how privy to that information Gendo and Futsuki are. Right. Yeah, right. but whatever, I mean, whatever Ritsuko knows, she's now back, and she's on a mission. Shinji's in his XTC shirt again. And, and Ritsuko says, we've lifted the restrictions, uh, you can go outside. Yeah, so this is Ritsuko wanting to up their shit of uh yeah fine i'm gonna show, <laughs> oh, gonna yeah, show is, we had a good we had a good uh, bit here in a second because we see um ritzko <laughs> trying to open the gate to, to terminal dogma or whatever and then her card doesn't work and then uh from behind her masato says we will only work with my card and she has a gun to her back just like with kaji and just she like says and she says fine but he's coming too and then a, a light comes on and reveals Shinji. reveals Shinji standing behind him. And we don't know who triggered that light. It's kind of a theatrical I, I touch. I like the Ritsuko. scenario where she, you know, because Maya will do anything that Ritsuko says. So Ritsuko would be like, you know, Maya, why don't you stand here in the shadows with the light switch? Yeah. And when I say, but you have to show him too, you hit it and Misato's going to lose her shit. And she kind of doesn't, though. She really kind of takes it in stride. But now the three Shinji. of them go down and in into... Ray's room where she was born and raised... Well, it's Not just a West fucking. It look, I mean, it looks like a fucking a level from Portal or something like that. It's it's like it's this like gnarly like lab room in a basement. I of was the thing. yeah, I was reading up on this episode before we watched it, and just reading about it and seeing these pictures and like like it. I almost like I got kind of choked up. I was like, man, poor Ray. <laughs> like it's just like a child was raised in this 
yeah, but she's know, dirty like, hospital room. She's fucking eleven Born from Stranger Things and or whatever. raised. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. Wait, wait, can we go back? What does it say on the wall there? Is that like supposed to be? It says strangeness. strangeness. Then underneath that is parentheses DSSM, hmm. which I, 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 you know, for the life of me, couldn't yeah. tell you. So Britsko gives him the tour, though. Here's where Ray was born and raised. This nasty little room that calls to mind the nasty room that she lives in. Um, and then she shows them the Ava graveyard, where they, where all the previous attempts have been scrapped and uh, dumped. And this is part of the director's cut in the sense of the design of the graveyard itself resembles Way the cool. Dead Sea Scrolls, right? This this shape, it's what we see, and oh. it is, yeah, yeah it I is. think it, it's what we will end up seeing in End of Evangelion. It's what we see in the beginning of the credits. Sort of like well. the tree. Of, oh, the tree of it's life. The, tree yeah, of life. the exactly. Sephirothic. Uh, yeah. That's exactly yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. Of all yeah. the aspects of uh, each circle is a different aspect of creation. Yeah, so that's the with the Ava graveyard and these huge. Yeah, and the non-director's cut, it was just like kind of a line of like spines. Yeah, like bodies just kind of laid out, and it was not very interesting cool. that they decided to, you know, to not include that. It's the same information, but just a different design. Yeah, I mean, it's cooler. It's way this yeah, is it's way, way more cooler. detailed. Yeah, absolutely. And then they go to the dummy plug plant, which is what the big brain with a little tank was, but we haven't seen before. Is that surrounding it when <laughs> when you light up the, the tank is dozens and dozens of ray bodies nude nude rays floating in lcl that are animate though they like look up at yeah so they're, they're not em- they have no souls and this these are the core of the dummy plug so i still don't really know how the dummy plug operated and took over i know that from I still, shinji if I still, you need to have a, a dummy ray I don't. I there. don't understand it. I mean, we covered that on this, and it may just yeah. be one of those things that we have to just let go because it, it it doesn't make sense. I don't think there was the thing when 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 Gendo activated just the dummy plug piloted, to take yeah. over, and so Shinji was like not in control, but the unit was moving. It's like, well, how would to to kill Unit Three? Like, how would there be another physical without a ray core, in without the a thing? Ray I don't core. know. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. That's something to think about because that does come back into effect. Yeah, I, that's, dummy, I mean, I don't plug system because on that episode, we we both knew roughly what we were talking about. We couldn't talk about it on the thing, yes. but it's like I don't I don't understand how that switchover happens because it seems to me that the whole idea of the dummy plugs is that there's you one of these in mindless a plug rays that has a mindless ray, and you put it in. Yeah. So it's like you can't just. It's not like um, you have to take. It's like putting it like a video game cartridge. You know, it's like it like maybe old, it's, yeah, it's like, like old Nintendo games. Like you have Sonic to take the cartridge out and could, put the thing where, in. Was it, Son- it was a Sonic and Knuckles where you could stack the cartridge where you could put the Sonic three cartridge inside the sonic and knuckles cartridge or something i mean play as knuckles i i I don't remember this is a thing this happened this is real but yeah i don't (laughs) but in terms of the thing we don't ever see any suggestion that there's like a a backup slot that you can put an entry plug in or anything like it's like you would think that the way the dummy plug would work in that instance when gendo says okay he can't do it that they would take out the entry plug with shinji and then put in the entry plug that has a dummy ray in it i don't know i mean again it's like maybe there's Maybe it's fine. It's fine. It's, it's fine, fine, guys. It's fine. I'm it's not fine. being that guy. I just at the time I was trying to understand it. And now I'm just kind of letting go of it. Yeah, I'm not sure. Exactly. So they. So okay. So they. I mean, this is fucking dense shit. So, uh, so yeah, they this, say and that it these... still doesn't. I, like I remember absolutely watching the scene line by line with our friend Will and like trying. And it is still doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Well, but okay, but the information that we've gotten so far that we're just they found God get... in presumably in Antarctica. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess, should we play it line by line and just have... Sure, we rewind a little bit. 
Because it's it's and it's bouncing back and forth between what appears to be metaphorical and like literal. <laughs> yeah. So they say this is the source of the dummy plugs. I'll and show then, you the truth. And the truth is all these all these. I'm rays. hit the lights. And she says, "Look at the, all these rays." <laughs> she says that they are used as parts for the real ray. Huh? You're not saying that Ava's dummy plugs are. That's right. The part that becomes the core system of the becomes the core of the dummy system, and this is the manufacturing plant for it. This is. These are just dummies. I mean, I got and I, nothing more than parts for Ray. Okay, I gotta say, like you know, uh, <laughs> this shouldn't be that surprising to, to Masato no, or yeah. Shinji even. At Amidst all the shit that they've witnessed and seen so yeah, far. Yeah, it's true. Like, oh, that's why Ray's so weird. Yeah. Well, but just like, like I mean, they're oh, fighting these fucking sense. ridiculous monsters and shit like that. It's like, is it really that strange? Right. <laughs> okay, here we go. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. I want to just cover the parts of Ray thing. So I, I, to me, that implies yes. that Ray is a consistent physical form that is like, again, I don't know how, you know, like... Um, like, do you take off her arm and is it reattach like a you know like thing, or is it, figure? or is it like, or like in like Ex Machina when she has the skin to put over her thing and it just sort of forms skin on the thing? I don't know exactly, like because they say parts, but that's like parts for Ray, yeah, because there is this sort of thing of like, okay, well, there was a little kid Ray who was choked to death by Naoko, mm-hmm. then there was the Ray that we know and love from the show so far, who blew herself up to save Shinji, like grew a little bit. Uh, you know, learned how to smile, all that stuff. Now we have Ray three, who, you know, she's not like, who are you? She knows who Shinji is. She doesn't remember necessarily rescuing him. So it, it's sort of like, do the Ray's memories, Ray one, two, and three, little girl Ray, the Ray from most of the show, and this new Ray three, how much carryover is there? Is it the same soul? I have some information on this that I can't talk about yet of the nature of Ray's soul and what it is. I think it is a singular soul, mm-hmm. but is it, is there a way to transfer it from body to body yeah. or are they repair are the these body? spare bodies that they put Ray's soul in or do they repair the same body? I don't know. We're sure that this is the third incarnation of Ray, not the fourth. I thought there right? was, I thought it was the fourth one. Doesn't, doesn't... It, well, the, the episode is called Ray three and there's stuff I can't talk about yet, but there is, there's okay. three rays. Okay. There are, there are three rays in the show and uh, that's pretty cool clear when it comes curtain call time okay okay, okay. uh so, okay, wait so... yeah but a couple other things it's just just because it reminded me of it the beginning of the movie john dies at the end the coscarelli mm-hmm. movie has the story of the was it like the zombie or something comes out and the guy uses an axe to kill it mm-hmm. and then later on like the handle of the axe breaks so he has to have it replaced and then later on the head of the axe breaks and he has to have that replaced yeah. and then the zombie comes back and sees the axe and is like that's, that's the axe that killed me yeah it's like but is it the axe that killed him because <laughs> all the parts of it that were the axe that killed him are no longer there yeah. and it's sort of like that with ray it's like okay if she's constantly being replaced and stuff is there any left of the actual ray that yeah. was the original body you know, I don't know. no it yeah, made, like made me think of that yeah, or like going to see a band that's had so many different lineup changes over the years. <laughs> right. It's like not, no original members. Are no left, remaining like... original members. Yes. Yeah. But that is a that is an interesting question for me, and it's something I've never been entirely sure yeah. on. And I assumed, and I think rightly so now, that if this is the dummy plug plant, that the process of her having to sit in there with the with the breathing sound and then Gendo being like, "Let's go get something to eat," yeah. that was, you know, making the dummy plugs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, the idea of—I was sort of like—is that like doing a uh, iPhone backup of her soul, like, yeah. like download or her memories? Like, are we? 
and that's why she can't remember the most recent. That would kind of make sense. Like she doesn't. Yeah. She remembers who Shinji is, but she doesn't remember saving him because the last save was before she sacrificed herself to save him. Yeah. So the most recent set of memories, like they can dub memories. Yeah. And obviously they can because of the personality implant technology to make the Magi system with Naoko's aspects of herself. So there's probably a way to. You know except, what I mean? Back up the memories. Except though, when she starts crying on Gendo's glasses, she's like, "This is the first time I'm seeing tears." But is it? Isn't she like question it though? She's like, "I feel like." But she feel well. There's like a ghost in the machine kind of a yeah. That her, her, her soul is sort of like has a continuity, but her memory is not there or something. Yes. yes. Okay. So 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 now this is all the dense Ritzko stuff. So like, I don't know man found God and in their joy tried to make him theirs. My best dub voice. That's why there was divine retribution. That was 15 years ago. The God they found had also disappeared by then. But then they tried to resurrect God on their own. The result was Adam. And imitating God, they created people from Adam. The result was the Avas. People, they're human. Oh, that's somebody else. People, they're human? Yes, they're human. The Avas do not intrinsically have souls, but they have human souls embedded in them. They were all salvaged. The only vessel that contained a soul was Ray. She was the only one born with a soul. What? The chamber of Guff was empty, you see. These things here that look like Ray have no souls. They're just vessels. <laughs> That's why I'm going to destroy them, because I hate them. <laughs> okay, okay, but so break that down. So, so 15 years ago was second impact. Yes. They found God. They tried to, in their joy, they tried to pick him up. Is that... That's first impact. That's second. Se- first impact is prehistoric. prehistoric. Okay. Yeah. So second impact is they found. First impact is oh god, I want to talk about what it was, but I, I can't yet. I know it drives me crazy. <laughs> Anyways, so they so they basically made Adam and then tried. Well, they to... They found Adam. They found Adam. Yeah. And in interfacing with him, he went away. Now I've always read this as by trying to interact with Adam in the Lance. Something happened, a huge amount of energy was released, and Adam was reduced to an embryonic state. Yes, that's how I take that it. That is yeah. always what I assume is that Adam was the, we saw the, was the giant of light that we yes. see in those previous episodes. That's what it was. And then he collapsed. And the energy of making it into an embryo released all that energy it's like yeah it's like it's like fusion or something it's like a fusion splitting an atom yeah exactly the energy had to go somewhere and so that's splitting an atom (laughs) yes yes there's still one big piece we cannot talk about until next episode so maybe we yeah save okay okay yeah we'll hold on but it's a bit we're we're dealing with just what ritzko's telling right now so as far as everyone's concerned so that led to second decoding for you they tried to clone that god clone adam and cloned humans from him and that was the evangelians so the evangelians are clones of adam the thing they found in antarctica presumably the giant of light they're clones of adam but they are a close proximity to people Right, yes. they made people out of God, out of Adam. And we don't know what Adam really... And the outline of Adam looks like an Evangelion, and the Evangelions look like giants in armor. Like, if you take the armor and the bindings off, they look very right. human. Like giant very humans, human. yeah. Sort of like the... It's just Attack, Attack on Titan. Titan. Yeah, like the, exactly, yeah. <laughs> that's the final reveal, is mm-hmm. that it's just Attack on Titan. But the one crucial element that's missing from them as people is a soul. 
So they're imbued with, with souls. human souls. Mm-hmm. So, but then she says the only one that had a soul is Ray. So we're left to assume that the creation of Ray was in some mm-hmm. way in tandem with the creation of the Evangelions. Yes, which would make sense on a historical timeline, yeah. given be given that we saw, given that we saw Unit Zero Zero being built, Ooh. and then Ooh. we saw in in the birth in the birth of Nerf episode, and then we saw a Child Ray in the same episode in the past somewhere around because they had already encountered second impact at that point yui was still alive during the katsuragi exhibition yep Um, that's all post second impact exactly so they were involved with project e they were building the evangelion they were making the attempt at imbuing it with a soul that's what it needs one soul and uh yui tragically died in this process Mm -hmm. kyoko zeppelin soryu asuka's mother went crazy in the process, mm-hmm. lost a part of her soul. It seems. Uh-huh. Let me just ask: Did did they did Ritsko or anyone talk about for or Futsuki talk about more particularly what happened to Yui yet? I don't remember if this is information. Well, they just said they said that up. she they they because when Shinji like evaporated effectively or dissolved into the right they into said the that thing, they said before. this has happened before. So the idea that Yui was testing the thing with Unit One or whatever I think and in dissolved the, in it. the Birth of Nerve episode, they kind of show yeah. the doing the test and the fact that she disappeared and because yeah. remember Shinji, little kid Shinji's all... watching from the window. That's and, right. Yeah, so oh, so okay. she talks about it right here. Yeah. Um, just again then, so Ritsuko's saying here that the only one that had a soul was Ray. The yeah. only you mean that only Eva was Eva OO that had a soul. That's not. We're kind of getting at something which is a huge piece of the puzzle that we probably shouldn't okay. talk about yet. But it's also kind of like a a piece of the puzzle that is not ever really made very clear. It is canon and it is true and it's very cool and it gets kind of hinted at in the next episode but is never really confirmed in the same way the law of this shit is um, well, yeah, so maybe we should hold off on we'll, we'll hold it. off on it but again i'm gonna i'm gonna throw out another reminder to to anyone who's still listening to this and trying to follow along that the main reason yeah, that here. we're able that we're able to do this stuff is because <laughs> it 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 there is not going to be a Rosetta Stone at the end of this that explains everything. The, 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 this show remains mysterious, and there's a reason why people love it so much. There's a lot of reasons why people love it so much. And Anno didn't want that shit. Like, he didn't want there to be any of these, like, books and stuff. Yeah, it doesn't... It's it, You You will hit a wall as a fan where you can't... You find things you can't explain, and they're not necessarily mistakes, um, but they are intentional omissions. I mean, that mystery is the impetus of this podcast. Exactly. Yes. That's what I'm saying. This is why we do this. So just if everyone... If everyone is like getting, if anyone's getting like frustrated or confused, it's like that's okay. That's part of it. We're just here to sort of give you more. Guidance I can't imagine what I would have done if I had had this. I mean, I almost again, I never brought this up before, but I feel a little bit bad even offering this as a resource for people who watched the show for the first time and then immediately were able to come here and get all this information because it's probably overwhelming for one, but it also is kind of robbing you of part of the experience. All right, whereas... I quit the podcast right now. We're done. Over. <laughs> I feel like. Well, you know. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. But you see what I'm saying. Yeah. Like it does, it is, and that's just the problem with culture today. Uh, and we're symptomatic of it. Yeah. Well, we're part of the problem. <laughs> Aren't we all? Um, Look, yeah. you're never going to be able to get all of it. We're just here to help and hopefully make it entertaining for you. That's yes. It. So we now, Ritzko has... She's destroying all the rays. And Do so you want to is... compliment me on my Ritsuko performance? I, it was excruciating. Well done. <laughs> well done, and it's how excruciating it is. 
and yeah, so we get to see the, all the, the, the empty rave uh, husks as they were sort of dissolving into the liquid. They're not, not people, people. They're things shaped, shaped like, like people. people. Um, but even I, I lost to those things. I couldn't win. Yeah. See, Very competition Oscar with this Risco, thing. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I, they, I guess the cat's out of the bag. <laughs> Good choice of words. Um, that Ritsuko was into Gendo. Following in her mother's like mother, footsteps, like, daughter, like yeah. mother, like daughter, were both big fools. Looking at the picture, uh, you know, really jealous of Ray in the same way that uh, Naoko was jealous and of then Yui. She begs Masato to kill her. Oh, she begs Masato to kill her. Oh, and yeah, Christ. yeah, she collapses on the ground. Um, and tears, more tears. More yeah, crying. the most emotion we've seen Ritsuko show. Um, the tragedy of the people possessed by the the Evas. Uh, She's sobbing. That goes for me, too. End of episode. Uh, yeah, but I mean, did I don't remember how much clearer it gets, but the, the fact that there was, it seems like there was a little something going on with Ritsuko and Gendo. There was a couple hints at it at some point earlier, mm-hmm. or at least we picked up on things. I mean, they don't really, they, don't, like, they haven't shown anything up, up until now, but that's but the no. idea that, that she... Yeah, that I think there, there's that, a little yeah. bit more explicit stuff in maybe the next episode that kind of confirms that. But it's like, whoops, oh no, spoiler. Yeah, and she's yeah, and then she says there like in her sort of monologue when they're like, yeah, I didn't care what happened to my body, I could just take any humiliation or whatever. And it's like again, I, 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 yeah, all these sort of <sighs> subtly dark implications. Real this episode. dark. Just like Real I don't dark. know, I don't want to know. I'm glad that we don't really know, but even just hearing it's kind of upsetting, and it's. I mean, even one of those last frames where, like, Shinji is trying to process what the hell he's seeing, this woman bawling in front of him, these body parts falling behind him in the background, Masato, like, limply holding the gun to Ritsuko and then just letting it kind of fall to her side. Yeah. We're just old college friends and just, like, please kill me. I mean, yes. And then you think of the picture of the three of them, you know, Kaji and Masato and Ritsuko and, you know... Ritsuko's happy theme, or God forbid, Misato's happy little theme, and it's like here she's like begging her to just, just fucking kill me. Yeah, I, and I'm gonna I'm gonna flag it here too. For from here on, anybody who has any anybody who wants to criticize or be confused by Shinji's reactions to anything would do well to remember this the picture that Kevin just painted. Of, yeah, like this is a 13 year old boy who's having to watch. Here's your crush. Like remember this oh shit remember happened. back when you like accidentally touched her boob and it was so mortifying. Well, here's a dozen soulless dead bodies of her that are disintegrating before your very eyes yeah and, the, and, the, and the your two, caretaker and the two, who just tried to have sex with you yeah the authority figures that on. you trust are, are collapsing in emotional puddles why, uh, i guess i have one other question though is why did ritsuko choose to show shinji any of this it's a fuck up gendo i think i think she's pissed off at ray and you know further yeah. subterfuge yeah wanted to like well i'll show son. i'll show your son mm. you know your darkest secrets uh, fuck up your shit because you don't care about I mean, it's, and it's possible that there's some sort of misguided altruism in it too, because she has. I think you're giving she, Ritsuko too much credit. I, well, no, I mean, I think I think that on some level she probably does feel guilty for being for being the person that has sort of coldly uh, 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 forced Masato's hand in a lot of these situations right. and put these kids in danger. Her cat's dead. That, All bets are off. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that any amount of confused reaction and and. Um, you know, mm-hmm. self hatred is is all. At yeah, play I think here. it's definitely self destructive. You know, like yeah, I'm gonna. That's true. Yeah, I'm gonna fuck up everything. I'm gonna I'm gonna send the you know send that text of the compromising photos to you know I mean just to just to blow shit up you know just to 
Yeah. To get them. Well, I think we should do the. I think we should do our next listener question in the next episode. And yeah, probably because there was a lot there. It's a uh, lot of I stuff, like guys. I hope we're helping and not confusing more to talk about. But um, no, I don't think so. And if we are, you know, again, good. You know that, that you've got. <laughs> I want you to be a little bit confused. I want these things to keep you up at night. I don't. I did the idea of like sort of processing Evangelion in a weekend and being like done is like <laughs> kind of reprehensible to me, you know, yeah. that, it, that it be part of the modern consumption of culture, which is like, ooh, you know, I don't remember that. And, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's taken bigger. me like what? 20 something years to get here right yeah. now. Yeah. Still yeah, talking still about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. And I just worry about our ability to have shows like that anymore in an age when there's like, you know, five Evangelion podcasts out there. Enter Twin Peaks, man. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Twin Twin Peaks is one of the one of the few others that uh, certainly one of the few, if maybe the only American show that functions in any way like this, um, as we said. So, all right, guys, uh, thanks for sticking with us. This is a this is a fun one, but it was emotionally draining. There's a lot of <laughs> it's going to get more like this, I think. Um, and uh, still, you know, still the best girl, still the best. I love it. It's good. It's okay, Misato. Good stuff. I feel you. Good stuff. All right. See you next time. (laughs)